Oramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. In a church in Douglas next Saturday afternoon, life is going to change quite dramatically for a resident of Port Erin. This morning we find out how and perhaps more importantly, why. This morning's music choices have a strong link to my guest today and later on we'll take a look at this week's notice board with news of services, fairs and concerts taking place this week where everyone will be made very welcome. And our resident well-being warrior Ruth Rice pops back in to say, just do it. But let's start with music. Sung to the tune Abbots Lee, Lord, you give the great commission, heal the sick and preach the word, lest the church neglect its mission and the gospel go unheard.
Lord, you give the Great Commission, sung by a choir drawn from the churches in the Diocese of Arundel and Brighton. That hymn has a strong link to my guest today, but you're going to have to wait to the very end of my conversation with Graham Easton to find out exactly what is the connection. But there's actually a big clue in the two lines that are repeated at the end of each verse. Would the Spirit's gifts empower us for the work of ministry? And ministry in the church is our theme today. Graham Easton and his wife Heather live in Port Erin, and at the moment they attend St Columba's Roman Catholic Church there. But following four years of training and study, Graham is about to be ordained as a permanent deacon for service that could take him anywhere on the island. We'll find out exactly what that means as I talk with Graham Easton now. But let's begin by finding out a little of Graham's background. Is becoming a deacon something he's longed to do or a more recent decision? It's been something I've been thinking about for a number of years. It probably goes back to when I was in Bristol before we moved to the island and we had a deacon in the parish and I thought maybe at some point in the future that will be something I could think about. But with family and work commitments it wasn't something I felt I could give my time to. And then about about five years ago, I thought I was going to take early retirement from work. And I thought with that extra time, there will be something else I could do. And and that's when I've really started on on the training process, which is leading up to next Saturday. Do you have to go through a, a selection process for this, Graham? How does it actually work? Yes. Yeah, so the selection process, I had to put an application in. There is a director of deacons. We had an interview. We then went through an assessment day, which was probably one of the hardest assessment days I've ever actually been through. So that was over in Liverpool. There were four of us on that day. Only two of us out that day actually went on to the main programme. Thankfully, we've both come through right to the end of it. Did you feel that... The selection process had to be pretty tough because any ordained ministry can be quite difficult, quite demanding. Yes, I mean, the the role is difficult, but I think it's a calling. It's a calling from God. So we're trying to test out whether that calling is a real calling as well as the practical things. So yes, you have to be able to preach. You have to be able to run meetings and things like that. But more importantly, it is testing whether that's really a calling. And actually, it's ongoing all the way through the four years of, of training and discernment. I was raised a Catholic. My mother was Catholic. My father was not really a, a church person. That was over just north of London where we, we started. I went through Catholic schools. When I was in my early teens, we moved to Bristol. And I think probably as, like a lot of teenagers, I, I drifted a little bit. But then at university, I really found the Catholic chaplaincy was something that I, I, I felt at home with. And I ended up as the Master of Ceremonies in the Catholic chaplaincy in Cambridge. And that, I think, reinforced where I wanted to be in the church. I think that there was a strengthening of that. After university, I I got married to Heather, also a Catholic, and we had two girls. And about 20 years ago, we moved over here to the island for work reasons. And I found myself in Port Erin and as part of the Catholic Church there. Would you say the church has always been a constant through your life in some way, almost like an anchor? Yes, I, th- I think that's actually quite a good description. There are some times when it, it, it really is there. there. There are some days when it feels a bit more like a job than a, than a faith. And, and I have to stop and say, hang on, why am I doing this? And there are tough times. And yes, there are times when you think, is this really what I want to be doing? But underneath it, there is definitely that anchor. and, And that's something that to me is very important. It is that anchor that holds the whole thing together. To say that everything goes swimmingly would be, would be wrong, but underneath it, there is that real strength of, of God helping you. And I think that's the real difference in an ordained role. You know, you're doing this for the glory of God, not for the glory of man, as it were. 
You are a man of many interests. I've seen you at functions with a camera in your hand. You're a fine photographer. You tell me that you are president of... Russian Silver Band. Yes, I'm honorary president. So my, my daughter and son-in-law play in the band. And I, I'm also the, the treasurer of the Friends of the Band, which is the, the fundraising uh, side of it. And it's wonderful that next Saturday the band will actually be able to play for my ordination mass in, in, in St Mary's. And you're also a steam train enthusiast, aren't you? Yes, I think one, one of the reasons we ended up in Port Erin when we moved to the island was that's where the steam railway goes. I'm one of the Heritage Railway volunteers, so we look after the museum. The railway is run by paid staff, but we, we do some what you might call the added extras. Listening to all this, it's clear that my guest today, Graham Easton, is a people person. He enjoys interests that naturally bring him into contact with others. So let's find out if that equips him well for his new ministry as a deacon. This coming Saturday afternoon at five o'clock in St Mary's in Hill Street, here in the heart of Douglas, Graham will be ordained deacon in the Roman Catholic Church. An unmarried man is ordained deacon as the last stage in his journey to becoming a priest, a lifelong dedication to the service of God and the acceptance of a vow of celibacy to remain unmarried. But Graham is to be ordained as a permanent deacon. He won't eventually be ordained priest, and permanent deacons can be either single or married men. But being a permanent deacon isn't a compromise. It's not a sort of alternative version of a priest. It's a very definite ministry in its own right, which has its origins in the Bible some 2,000 years ago, as Graham now explains. Well, the role of the deacon actually goes right back to the early church. In the Acts of the Apostles, you've got the 12 who were preaching and, and then some of the widows complained that they weren't being looked after and the apostles said, well, we shouldn't give up preaching to be doing the, these tasks. So at that point, they, they elected seven men, Stephen being the first one, to act as deacons, to do some of the service. Very separate ministry to that of the apostles. And we could actually say that the, the role of the priests and bishops has descended from the apostles. The diaconate actually follows on from those assistants. So it's a ministry of service is the key thing. The way it's described these days is there are three elements to the to the role, which is liturgy, word, service. So, so liturgy is e easily seen. We assist the, the, the priest at mass, but we may also be taking services on our own. So deacons can baptise, they can witness weddings, they can take funerals, and they can take all sorts of other services. The liturgy of the word is clearly seen when a deacon proclaims the gospel at mass and then perhaps preaches after it. And there's a wonderful line in the ordination service that I think is absolutely brilliant. In the service, the, the newly ordained deacon is given the book of the Gospels and he'll be told, receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you now are. Believe what you read, teach what you believe and practice what you teach. And I think that's really important because it's not just preaching the word, it's practicing the word. And then the third part is, is service. And that goes pretty much anywhere. So, for instance, as part of my training, I've been a lay chaplain at the hospital. One of my roles at the moment is I serve as a trustee for the Archdiocese of Liverpool, which the, the Isle of Man forms part of. So that's service to the church. That service can lead you anywhere. I think one of the difference between the deacons and the priests is the deacons are living in the world. We're meeting people in work. We're meeting people in the shops. 
service to those people. It's understanding the community's needs and serving those needs. And I would have said that it's your approachability that's so important. You're alongside people. If they wanted somebody to talk to, you've already built that bridge. You're in the community, you're seen, you're known, and it just might make it easier for people to approach you. Yeah, I think that is a very important thing. It's a funny role, the deacon, because you have one foot in the sort of laity camp and one foot in the clerical camp. As an ordained minister, we are definitely clerical, but we are living alongside and among the laity. And I think that's quite important. A number of people say, you know, isn't the role of permanent deacons just an answer to the shortage of priests? And and I would say absolutely not. And for three reasons, actually. The, The first is the current permanent diaconate was instituted in Vatican II. So that's a long time before we were worried about a shortage of priests. The second is, as, as, as you said, it is a distinct ministry. It's a ministry of service. It is not the ministry of priesthood. And the third one, which may, may be controversial, is that actually I don't think there is a shortage of priests. I mean, in the British Isles, and it's probably about the same in the Isle of Man, there's currently about one priest for every 800 Catholics. Worldwide, it's one priest for every 2,800 And in countries like Mexico and Brazil, which you might think of as hotbeds of Catholicism, it's one priest for every 8,000 Catholics. So actually, my, my view is actually we need to use our priests differently and maybe not expect so much out of them. And deacons do form a role alongside the priests. We would still like more deacons. At the moment on the island, there's only one other active deacon. There's one retired one. It would be nice if we could have several deacons across the island. Do you think that once you're ordained, there may be some men who would have the conversation and say, well, go on, tell us what it's really like? I would love that to happen. Please do come and talk to me, but I I will be out there promoting it. And I know next week at my ordination, Chris Fallon, who is the director of deacons from Liverpool, is on the island and he will also be looking for if anyone wants to talk to him about it. And in fact, there's a very specific opportunity to find out more about becoming a permanent deacon in the Catholic Church and it's next Saturday morning when Canon Chris Fallon and his team will be in St Anthony's Parochial Centre next door to St Anthony's Catholic Church in Onken. Canon Chris and his diaconate team will be there from 11am to 1pm on Saturday morning to host an information session for men who may be wondering if they're called to serve as deacons and what the formation involves. Wives are also welcome to come along. There's no need to book in advance, just pop in for a no-obligation chat with the team. So, back to my guest, who at present I can call Graham Easton. But after his ordination as deacon next Saturday afternoon, will he then be Reverend Graham? I will be. Whether I use that all the time is, it's you know, because of being out in the community, I, I won't necessarily, but I am, I will, yes, be, be Reverend technically. Yes. And will you chiefly be ministering in the south of the island where you live in Port Erin? Will you chiefly be, be based there? Initially, I mean, one of the things I will do as part of the ordination service is to promise fidelity to the bishop and effectively I will minister as the bishop directs. The slight issue we have is that the two active deacons we will have on the island are both in Port Erin and we need to cover the whole island between us. So my expectation is I will be asked to minister to the whole island but with a focus on the south. Let's give a mention to your fellow deacon who has been ordained ahead of you, the Reverend Alan Malloy. So a very flexible ministry so that you're available to go and be wherever the need is. Yes, there are needs across the whole of the island and that's what the bishop asks then. That's what we'll end up doing. 
I mentioned earlier that Graham is married to Heather, and I wondered how she felt about this new direction in Graham's life. She actually encouraged me to to go to the original day, which was up at St Anthony's, and, and, and have the discussion. She also was very encouraging as I started to the training. I mean, interestingly, she actually has to sign that she accepts that I'm going to do it. It is recognised it's a ministry for us together. And it does affect her. I mean, particularly over the last four years when I've been travelling off island to do quite a lot of training. And there will be times when you'll be going out every evening or you'll be out at weekends where you will have to shape your family life around that. So it's very good that her views are taken into consideration at this stage. Yes, and I mean, I know one of my fellow trainees from Leeds who took a year out of his training because his wife wasn't sure that as a family that they could cope with it. It is an impact on the family. Although one of the things that Archbishop Malcolm said right at the outset is, we're already married. That was the first sacrament we had. So the ordination as a deacon doesn't undo that marriage. So your first duty is to your family. He then says, as part of that, actually your job is important because if you you need your job to support the family and the deacon fits after that. Easy to say, You know, when you end up with, as you say, a meeting every night, you need to start thinking about it. But one of the things we have been told is remember when to say no, that you have to think of those other two roles that you have in terms of of family and work. The diaconate is, is integral to everything you do. It has to also look at the other two things. So who ordains you, Graham? I'm being ordained by Bishop Tom Williams, who's one of the auxiliary bishops in Liverpool. My two other year mates in Liverpool are being ordained this weekend, and they're being ordained by the other auxiliary bishop, Tom Nalen. Bishop Tom Williams is a familiar face on the island, and it would be very good to welcome him back. And I know that I can say this because St Mary's is a big church and there's plenty of room for everybody. Five o'clock next Saturday, the 23rd, in St Mary's in Hill Street, big Roman Catholic church here in the heart of Douglas. Everyone will be very, very welcome to come along and share this special day with you. And Graham, what I'd like you to do now is choose for me one of the hymns that will be sung at your ordination next Saturday afternoon. The opening hymn that we're going to, to have is... Lord, you give the Great Commission, which I think is the most wonderful expression of what, what, what this is all about. The last line of each, uh, each verse is, with the Spirit's gifts empower us for the work of ministry. Now, usually this hymn is sung to the tune of Abbots Lee, but actually it also works very nicely to the tune of Ellen Vannin. So there it is, the link with our opening hymn today. We use the tune Abbots Lee, as there isn't a recording sung to the tune of Ellen Vannin but you will hear it during the ordination mass in St Mary's next Saturday afternoon. The last hymn that we're going to sing is one of the most uplifting ones I think we can do, which is Shine Jesus Shine. A few years ago, I asked the band if they could play it for a Songs of Praise service in in St Columbus. So the arrangement that we will have on, on Saturday was specially done for that service by John Kinley. So that's the special one. Graham, thank you so much for joining us this morning and we do wish you a very happy and blessed ordination and a wonderful ministry with us here on the island. Thank you, Judith.
Shine, Jesus, Shine. John Kinley's arrangement of that uplifting chorus played by Russian Silver Band will end Graham Easton's ordination mass in St Mary's Catholic Church here in Douglas next Saturday at 5 o'clock. It's open to everyone, and that information session for anyone interested in finding out more about becoming a deacon is in St Anthony's Parochial Centre in Onken next Saturday morning from 11am to 1pm. And now it's time for our Word of the Week from Ruth Rice, founder of Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style safe spaces where everyone is welcomed, supported and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Ruth has created a very personal A to Z of things that are good for her own mental and emotional well-being. And each week she shares another letter from her own alphabet, in case what's good for her might be good for us too. We've reached the letter J, and this morning Ruth says, just do it. I love swimming in the sea. (laughs) This comes from one of my things that I find really helpful for my well-being is sea swimming. I love it. I love swimming in the sea. We've been in lots of times around different places in the Isle of Man. And as you know, it's not always terribly warm. I was recently down in Exmouth uh, visiting a renew space there and we decided we might go for a swim and it, it it was a bit chilly and the waves were quite big and I stood in my swimming costume on the beach and I had to say to myself just do it Ruth or don't do it it doesn't matter if you don't do it but don't stand here in your swimming costume either just do it or just don't do it make that decision and I just did it and it was glorious and it was freezing and I didn't stay in very long I wonder whether you are hovering on the brink of a decision, not a major life-changing one where you need to get good advice but just something you're not sure about just do it just do it or just don't do it (laughs) but whatever you decide that's been the best thing for that day a swim in the sea i'm told that cold water is very good for your mental health and i think probably is for mine too so if it's safe for you to do so just do it thank you ruth rice and there'll be more from ruth's alphabet of well-being next week And don't forget, we have two Renew spaces here on the island. One is in the Methodist Church in Peel, and that's opposite the Centenary Centre in Athol Street, and the other is at the Well Café on Broadway here in Douglas. And now it's time for us to take a look at another packed notice board. And we'll start with events today. Orisdale Old Chapel celebrate their anniversary this afternoon at half past two. Gordon Clegg is the chairman, the Mariners' Choir will be there with Eric Kelly at the keyboard and there'll be poetry from Irene Cowan, whilst Annie Bairstow will speak on an Orisdale childhood. If you could bring along a small plate of food for a bring-and-share afternoon tea after the service, that would be much appreciated. Also this afternoon, the Friends of Onken Heritage are having their annual heritage service at Abbeylands. It's today at three o'clock. It'll be led by Reverend Rebecca Ingrall, with refreshments served afterwards. Looking now to the week ahead, and on Tuesday the 19th, there's a coffee morning in Port Erin Methodist Church, open to welcome you between 10 and half past 11. 
St Thomas's Church here in Douglas, just off the promenade by the Gaiety Theatre, have a concert every Wednesday evening throughout the summer, with free admission and refreshments afterwards. The concert always starts at a quarter to eight, and this week the Lonvane Ladies' Choir, conducted by Mrs Christine Brigazzi, will provide the entertainment. And don't forget coffee and chat at St Thomas's every Friday morning from half past ten. All are welcome. Also on Wednesday evening, there'll be a concert in Christchurch in Laxey. Music for a summer evening given by the Glen Faber Chorale, accompanied on this occasion by Gareth Moore. The concert starts at half past seven and admission is £5 payable at the door. There's a raffle and there'll be light refreshments afterwards. Thursday night summer concerts in Port Erin are in full swing now, with the Isle of Man Wind Orchestra providing the entertainment in St Catherine's Church in Port Erin this Thursday night at a quarter to eight. Admission is free, there'll be a retiring collection if you wish to donate, and you're welcome to stay for refreshments in the hall after the concert. Also on Thursday the 21st, there's an afternoon tea in Balafesson Chapel. This is a fundraiser to support the mobile library and afternoon tea will be served between 2 and 4pm on Thursday afternoon in Balafesson. On to Saturday now and something new in Colby Methodist Church Lounge. Every Saturday morning you're invited to pop in any time between 10 and half past 11 to enjoy coffee and chat with croissants or tea cakes. That's every Saturday morning in Colby Methodist Church Lounge. Also, next Saturday morning, it's summer fair time in Castletown Methodist Church. Open from 10 till half past 11, there'll be a games stall, cake stall, book stall, Alice's knitting stall, a raffle and a children's craft table. One pound entry includes tea or coffee or juice and biscuits. And for a right royal day out, come to the Jubilee Strawberry Fair organised by the Selby Methodist Church family. It'll be held in Glen Villas in Ballamanock Road, near Selby Cladder, next Saturday the 23rd, between half past one and half past four. Approach from the Ginger Hall end of the Ballamanock Road and you'll find it very easy to park in the field next to Glen Villas. Have a go on the giant inflatable dartboard, meet Cookie the Clown and enjoy listening to Crosby Silver Band. Towards the end of the afternoon, there'll be something extra special, the Royal Piñata. And all afternoon, there'll be strawberries and cream, teas and coffees, candy floss, all kinds of stalls to browse, a lucky dip, a coconut shy and a royal treasure hunt. Come dressed in 1950s style or as kings and queens. Admission is only £1 for adults and all the proceeds will benefit Selby Methodist Church. And finally, next Saturday afternoon, it's the annual general meeting of the Manx Methodist Historical Society. It'll be at half past two in Union Mills Methodist Church Hall. This is a really important meeting and everyone's encouraged to attend if you possibly can. It's an opportunity to have your say on how the society moves forward after the unpredictable past two years and to discuss the future of the Manx Methodist Historical Society Library. Light refreshments will be served after the meeting, which is in Union Mills on Saturday afternoon at half past two. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back in the studio tonight from nine with Sundown. Easy listening music to round off the weekend. And I'd love you to join me if you can.
Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. My address is judithlay at manxradio.com. I'm often sent newsletters containing items for the notice board. And the one from Abilands this week also had this little gem. A small boy came home from his first day at school and his mother asked him, What did you learn today? He said, Not enough. I've got to go back tomorrow. Till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. Mm-hmm.